Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh, the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. To the Preferences Rule in the Opti Channel World by Lois Ritterasi. Today, consumers expect excellent experiences. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just expect to get the stuff right and that it's going to be what I wanted. And, you know, uh, we were, we've been talking about how, how online buying is up, 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 up. But I'm always amazed at how poorly the products are portrayed. You really don't get, I mean, in Amazon, most of them are blockouts. You know, not only don't you have any size reference, you don't have anything to go on as far as what the product really, really looks like. And uh, so often I'm disappointed. So I ordered a hat and it was, not only was the hat disappointing, didn't look at all like the picture, but the uh, oftentimes in hats, the sizes aren't listed. You know, it's one size fits all. Obviously, I'm big headed. And then, um, courtesy of Amazon, we got a shark mop vac, vac mop. I don't know, whatever it was. It's like a $100 item. And um, we called Amazon. We said, this isn't anywhere near our address that they sent this and they said don't worry about it just keep it we don't want it <laughs> anyway so if you need a vac mop or a mop vac whatever it is um you know so now now we have to deal with two returns <laughs> three returns actually because another box came with it so we have three returns um and all unsatisfied and we weren't exactly satisfied with the return that just don't worry about it you know it's like wait a minute we're all paying for that. You know, if you handle returns so poorly, I know that I'm paying for someone else when you make a mistake or someone makes a mistake. So anyway, uh, something to think about. So I looked up OptiChannel. What is OptiChannel? You know, I don't like made up words and marketing is mostly making up words, it seems like. And it turns out that OptiChannel is, mm, well, let's go over to this article. From Omnichannel to OptiChannel uh, by Todd Thompson. What Todd suggests in here is that OptiChannel, even though it's a made-up word, is a, is a much better idea than Omnichannel. Omnichannel basically says you need to be everywhere all the time. And, of course, just like omniscience and omnipotence and omnipresence, uh, those are hard to understand. Those are hard to achieve by finite beings in a finite world. Uh, but in an infinite universe, you can't be everywhere. Right, And it doesn't help to advertise on Alpha Centauri if there are no beings there and if there are no distribution and no, uh, no cash machines. So you don't want to really be everywhere. That's Todd's contention. You want to be where the customer is looking for you. And I think that's a minimum. Yeah, you want to be findable. I think when you go to the next level that Todd is, that is, Todd is suggesting, optimizations based on customer expectations that's a toughie right there you know <laughs> I mean customer expectations are based on what you tell them and what you're capable of but customers can expect all kinds of dumb things personal preferences again that's up to them really not up to you and the anticipated return on investment now there is one that we could probably get our handle on but none of the articles I see talk about testing so, from Todd's perspective, OptiChannel is a return to rationality. 
something that we it replaces the need to be everywhere with the mission with rather to be where it matters most I think that's pretty rational I think that is I think opti channel makes more sense than omni channel even though it's a made-up word I think it should actually mean optimize your channels it should be spend money where it's most effective with a message that's most effective an offer that's most effective so I'm not buying it let's go back over here okay so opti channel means that you get the optimal channel and print drives other channels that is a profound statement thank you for that one Lois uh, and print really does there's only so much you can do to make it seamless. I can't bounce seamlessly between windows on this show, as you know from day-to-day -day experience. So don't expect your, your communications to be seamless. Try your best. And you don't want to solve every problem. That's just not a thing. If you try to solve every problem, then the, then the problemless customer gets penalized. Keep that in mind. Help the 80%. Help the the 20% are never going to be happy. Many companies aren't prepared to respond seamlessly in digital-first, always-on communication era. True. Consumers expect a consistent experience. You know what I expect? I expect you to be findable if I need you. And then, if you listen a little, that would be a bonus. Man, oh man. I need to do a customer review on Meet Alfred. I've been fighting with Meet Alfred countless hours, which doesn't make any sense when you're trying to get something that actually saves you time. Anyway, I'll just mention that. Okay, SMS driving ROI. Now, here's what sounds like a case study. Uh, somebody prints millions of monthly bills for a large utility, and they do SMS along with, that's a text message, along with the bills going out. And they decided that maybe it would work better if they moved the reminders one day. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's one day later. And I think they were trying to reconcile the, the message for when the bills arrive. And that may be it. Because I'm not sure it was late payment. I do get one from my electric company. And I don't know, you know, I don't look at the mail, my... My uh, chief decision maker looks at the mail, so she knows when the mail got there, and I know when the SMS gets there, because I'm on the account, I guess. Anyway, they got a 12 to 20% improvement. Now, I wonder if they just changed it all, which is the way everybody does things, or if they actually sent half them out as a control uh, the way they had been, and half of them out the new way. That would be the only rational way to do it. But it doesn't say that they did. So I doubt that they did. Because that's just not the way the world works. So anyway, here's another one. If you botch it, negative reviews can be good. Okay, Positive reviews are more likely to engage, you think, they're more likely to have people engage with your brand. But you can build trust because let's say you look up and an, and an Amazon uh, vendor merchant has 10,000 reviews and a 5.0 rating. What are the chances of that? You're skeptical. I'd be skeptical. Did you know that some of the reviews are fake? Especially when you read the reviews and they say, great product. I love it. Just like I wanted or something like that, you know, and they're all like that. Okay. Or you could compare that with an identical product, but uh, only has a rating of 4.5 stars and they sound more like 
real and there are even unfavorable reviews. You say, mm, that sounds like it might actually be a real company. I like especially the unfavorable reviews that are like, this product doesn't work at all when you don't plug it in. <laughs> I expected cordless, but it has a, car, a cord or something like that where it reveals the uh, level of the criticism. Resolve the customer's problem through a private channel, but you know sometimes you'll get a better customer from problems fixed. And there's some urban legend stories about that stuff. Negative reviews will sometimes also be helpful in product improvement and and buying experience improvement. And we all know that. That's why I complain. My my style consultant says, why do you complain? Why do you write these, these long messages? You know, I get people on LinkedIn and they connect with me and they want to sell me lead generation or something. And uh, I will write and it'll be like, a full page of text, but it, in the chat, it just and it all goes by, and, and you see. So let's talk right away, or you know, can I call you, or whatever it says. And I and I write them back, and I say, this is a chat, you know, this isn't a this isn't a uh, a newspaper ad that goes on forever. So maybe the user couldn't figure something out. I'm really good at not figuring out things at a level that most consumers are at. One of my clients said, I had the ability to think in the uncluttered mind of a child. I take that as a compliment. And sometimes, most customers won't bother to leave a review one way or the other, to be honest about it. But sometimes it'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. And uh, best case, they could become a brand advocate. There aren't very many brand advocates in the world. So I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. But, you know, at least maybe they'll re revise the review. And I didn't know this one. A visitor... If a visitor uses one or more of your target words in their review, even if it's negative, it can help Google's algorithm figure out what the heck it is you do and give your site a better boost. So there you go. Some good words for today. And uh, we're going to have a really good article tomorrow on why you should let your operations team handle most of your revenue. And that will be an interesting one, I think. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.